When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, not much new has happened in Saberland since we had spoken last. So we decided that for today's episode, we're going to take a look around the NHL playoffs and take a look at each of the matchups, where they all stand and how we think they will eventually turn out to be. So starting off right now, Tampa is leading Toronto two to nothing in the first period of game four, where Toronto leads their series two to one Taylor. What are the odds between 90 and 100% that Toronto is going to end up losing their lead in this series and ultimately losing the series to Tampa? Um, like 97.6. Love that. Uh, because I think people kind of looked at them going up to one as like, a, oh, wow. I mean, hey, look at Toronto. They're not getting crushed. It's like Toronto never gets crushed in the playoffs. In fact, four of the last six times they've gone to the playoffs, they've gone up two to one in the series. You might noticed that they have lost every one of those series <laughs> wow yeah so i mean i and so the way it's looking right now i mean it's still the first period it's early i'm guessing it's going to be two to two in the series and people are listening to this but you never know i think the big difference is and maybe we're seeing some of that today is toronto's goaltending has actually been really good for the most part in their two wins and people did not think of that as their strength so do with that what you will we'll see we'll see how long that lasts yeah, two goals in the first seven minutes of the game. So for Tampa, that is. Well, moving on, Edmonton and Los Angeles. Edmonton leads the series two to one, game four, Sunday night. Los Angeles at home looking to tie the series with the Oilers. Taylor, what are your thoughts on this with Edmonton? Do you think that this is finally the year that we see them break through? Or do you think that LA still has something more to give and that they're going to even out this series? Well, the series has been super fun. Honestly, it might be my favorite series so far. Not just because I'm pretty neutral on both these teams, but it's just like, I think part of that is Edmonton obviously is two of the best players in the world, but they're also totally unstructured right. and their goaltending is not Mike super Smith. reliable. <laughs> yeah. Mike Smith, basically. So the Kings can kind of, you know, take advantage and it, it leads to uh, some fun times in my opinion. But yeah, I think if Edmonton was ever going to do it, like they, I mean, they've totally left out this year being in the Pacific division and also with golden, the golden Knights having the season that they did. Uh, so like, this is, the, this is definitely their time. Like this is, this is the classic, like uh, two versus three. And both teams are like maybe the worst team in the playoffs. 
We got a three nothing lead for Tampa, by the way. Now, oh so Jack yeah, Campbell might be coming out. I don't know. I don't know yet. But yeah, so Edmonton, uh, they've they've won one playoff series, if I'm not mistaken, in the McDavid era. I think just one. Yeah. Yeah, they beat San Jose a few years ago, and they really. So they haven't had a playoff run, quote unquote, I would not say. And maybe this is the year people got to finally see more than a week of Connor McDavid in the playoffs. <laughs> I'd like that. And frankly, I'd be fine with L.A. winning, too, because I like being right about things. You? And that was my preseason prediction. <laughs> um, yeah, that I really like that. Did you so I, I don't know if you have anything else to say about that series, but did you watch Carolina Boston at all? I've watched I watched game two of that series. Which was a beatdown. Yeah. And yeah. all four regular season meetings this year were like Sabres Leafs level beatdowns mm-hmm. in favor of Carolina. And then these first two games of the series, I think they won like five one and five two. Now Boston Boston really bounced back, back at home. Yeah. In. Yep. And yeah, it was a a five two win for Boston. Very feisty game. I don't know if you saw Marshan's uh comments toward Tony D'Angelo. What did he say? I I missed those actually. It appears so they got in like kind of a scuffle, and it appears Marshand is calling him a racist. No way. Based on people's lip reading, which is it's pretty funny. And uh good for Brad Marchand. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Real uh, worst person you know just made a great I point. was literally gonna say something <laughs> I never expect would come out of my mouth. <laughs> um and Marshand scored the the empty net goal to seal it, and it was kind of like um it was like a, a breakaway, basically. He was all alone, and D'Angelo threw his stick at him. No so, way. Yeah, that used to be a penalty. I don't know. I don't know if they called it or not. But yeah, you're not supposed to do that. The first and last yeah. time I say this, good for Brad Marchand. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a a good series of teams uh, we don't like. That's kind of the opposite of LA and Edmonton. But the good news is one of them has to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think if Carolina loses, you might start to hear some rumblings. Like, they've been good for four years now. Uh, they really peaked with going to the conference finals a few years ago and getting absolutely demolished by Boston and then losing to Boston again the next year. And last year, they, I believe they lost to Tampa Bay last year. Carolina did. Mm-hmm. So, like, not like they're losing to bad teams, but, like, they lose for a third time in four years to Boston while being a, a two-seed and having – one of the best regular seasons in franchise history. Who knows? Who knows if anyone's job is going to be safe? Interesting. Interesting. Maybe they need to shake things up and make a move. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they need to trade somebody to the Sabres. I agree. But I was trying to think about who they Sabres should actually want from them. Aho. Yeah. Right. They would never get rid of Aho. Aho for uh, Henry Oki. How are you? Best offer. That's fair. How about Tara Vinen? No, that's someone that actually could get traded. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I was wrong about Carolina coming into this year because I was way more down on them. I think I picked them to finish fourth in their third or maybe it was third. But I said they weren't going to be as good because they lost Dougie Hamilton. And I still kind of <laughs> think that's a mistake. Dougie Hamilton's good. Obviously, the team he went to did not have a particularly fun season, but I don't think that was his fault. But yeah, it will be interesting. It's 2-2 in the series now. In fact, a lot of the, basically besides the Colorado-Nashville, these have been pretty good series. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so moving on to another series that ended up getting tied up today, St. Louis beats Minnesota 5-2. to 
pretty commanding victory there. Evens the series. Jordan Bennington has made his way back in the net and picked up the W for the Blues. What are you thinking there, Taylor? I mean, I'm absolutely in no way, shape, or form saying is Bennington back, but do you think his prior playoff experience keeps his keeps the net his for the time being? Probably, yeah. Like this really this is also a pretty fun matchup, but it seems to be two teams whose uh coaches don't really trust their goaltending at all. And even though uh, you know, Fleury's been in the playoffs a billion times, we know that he's had his troubles in the past. And that, yeah, so now St. Louis with Bennington, I, I wonder, I mean, the thing is they're incentivized to do it because they pay him so much money mm-hmm. that he's almost certainly going to be their goalie next year. And Hugh, so who knows? Could, he's a free agent. So right. it could be anywhere. He could be in a different shade of blue even next ho, year. Ho, ho. So I guess it, it would kind of make sense. I mean, Hugh, so had not had a good series, uh, particularly in game three, I believe. Kind of got shelled, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is this has been an interesting series uh, so far. These two, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, you know, Minnesota is just a team that they have a lot of talent throughout their lineup when it comes to high end guys like Kaprizov and Eric Sinek and Fiala, and then through the lineup with some of your more role players who still contribute offensively too, like Ryan Hartman and Marcus Foligno. You know, we've talked fairly recently too about their strength on the blue line as well between guys like Spurgeon and Dumba and Yotis Brodeen. And then, yeah, you have Flurry and goal too, which gives you some experience there. And I know that, you know, Flurry is not necessarily the guy that he used to be, but they're just a team that I feel like they intrigue me, but for whatever reason, you know, I picked the blues to win the series and for whatever reason, I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to get over the hump this year. I don't know if this is their year. And I think also too, that there's something to be said about St. Louis and the depth and experience that they have on their team as well. Because, you know, not only again, when you look at, and also I should say with Minnesota too, they have Matt Boldy, who has been great for them, who actually scored today too. But when you look at St. Louis, then, you know, you have those high-end veterans on your team, like Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, of course, had his big bounce back year this year, who have, you know, they've won a cup, they have that playoff experience. And on top of that, then you look through the lineup there and you have the youth movement with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, namely leading the way among that forward group. Um, you know, and then otherwise, other elsewhere, you know, Brandon Saad is there. Braden Shen is there. Um, there's a lot of talent on St. Louis and, and that goes, you know, throughout the lineup. I mean, these are just two really good teams. I just think in this scenario, even though St. Louis has these question marks in goal, I'm still sticking with them because I think in large part of their experience. And I think that, you know, if Bennington at least can, can hold it together for them, that their offense will be able to do the rest and and end up winning the series. And like you, I also enjoy being right. Yeah. It's really nice. (laughs) So it is interesting though with Bennington, because Bennington has playoff experience, but like, it's not all good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, people remember that you want to stay in the cup more than they'll remember that you had two really bad first round series two years in a row. But if he's able to, I mean, if they're able to win, like Colorado is the obvious favorite and they're going to have to face Colorado in the next round. Yeah. But like weirder things have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, look who Colorado lost to two years ago. I know. So absolutely. I think that that'll be very interesting. So I guess we'll, I wonder, uh, I wonder like what happens if let's say, for example, like 
Bennington is terrible in games five and six and they lose. Mm-hmm. Well, are they going to bring him back? I mean, they kind of have to financially. I don't see what else they would do. I don't know if they have an out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's go on to who the winner of this series will end up playing, which is the Colorado and Nashville series. Colorado has a commanding three to nothing lead in this series and is going to be looking to close it out on Monday night in Nashville, nine 30 Eastern time start Taylor. This is not surprising at all. Colorado has been arguably, you know, aside from Florida, the best team in the league this year, their talent is off the charts and they are as talented on paper as any team in the NHL, a legitimate cup favorite, I mean, this isn't really surprising. And of course, on Nashville side of things, you know, UC Saros not being there has been detrimental to this team. And as we had talked about last time, you very correctly pointed out that without him and not backstopping them, they are a significantly worse off team. Yeah, the the first game with David Riddich was uh, real. Yeah, it was ugly. Game two actually was right there for him. I'm Connor Ingram. I think the guy's name is there mm-hmm. was basically their third goalie. He had a great game. I saw him come in. I was, I believe that was Thursday night. What do you have? Like, didn't he have like 45 saves? He had 47 saves in a row. Cause he comes in and I'm like, who is Connor Ingram? And they score immediately on him on the first shot. And it's like, ish, welcome to the NHL buddy. He makes 47 straight saves. And then they lose in overtime because Crazy. the offense couldn't score. Uh, more than one goal. And then, you know, game three last night, kind of a, a tough game for Ingram, not as good of a game, but I mean, I, what do you do? He's like, a, he's barely played in the NHL at all. And he's, he has to play against the best team in the league in a playoff series. So yeah, I, that's, that, that's, this is the least appealing series, honestly. So I kind of hope it just ends. I think that the chances of that happening are, are very, very likely. Uh, all right. Well then elsewhere on Monday, we have a pair of series that, are or actually there's three other series i should say that have two to one leads heading into game four let's finish out the west and talk about dallas and calgary next dallas very surprisingly leading calgary jake ottinger standing tall in net for dallas we've been talking about him quite a bit down the stretch with how much he has really really stepped up for them and that play that we saw towards the end of the season and big wins like the one against Vegas ex- is extending now into the playoffs. And they are shocking a lot of people, I would say, by having this two to one lead over Calgary, a team that very likely we could end up seeing in a we at least we all thought we would see in a Western Conference finals matchup against Colorado. Absolutely. I mean, this this series has been kind of interesting. It's been super low scoring. I believe game one was one nothing and game two was two nothing. Uh, these are. Dallas is a team that definitely uh, thrives on uh, slowing things down mm-hmm. when their first line's not on the ice. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but so th- this is what their MO has been for four years, basically. Like you look at the playoffs, 2019, they take the future champion Blues to seven games. 2020, they go to the cup with a backup goalie. Mm-hmm and they beat Vegas and Colorado along the way in 2021, they missed the playoffs for various circumstances. And now they're here. And I don't think they had a particularly impressive regular season, but like I said, they thrive on slowing things down and Calgary uh, also seems to want to thrive on that. I'm not sure if that's actually a great idea considering they have like actual offensive talent. Like they have Johnny Gaudreau and Andrew Mangiapane and they, it seems like they could just be able to uh, outscore. anyone. they're a better team. Like on they are, and they have a better roster. 
I don't I don't know if I agree with the way Sutter wants to do this. I mean, it might work. He's won two cups in the past, but like those Kings teams, like it made perfect sense for them to play like that. Like they were icing Jordan Nolan and Trevor Lewis in right Willie Mitchell and other giant slow guys. Like they were not as talented as this this Flames team is. Yeah, I mean, they have so much offensive firepower. I mean, for starters, you have a guy who is probably going to be in the top five finalists for MVP voting in Johnny Goudreau. Matthew Kachuk also had 100 points, and I know Kachuk plays more of a physical style that is, I guess, in line with what Suter wants to play for them. But, I mean, you have Tyler Toffoli there, Elias Lindholm. Like, this is a, a really, really solid team that can score. And you have a quality goaltender in Jacob Markstrom, too, that you should be able to rely on. So that'll be the interesting thing to see is, is if a coach like Sutter, who – is very much a traditionalist, very much, uh, I mean, what you can call like a, a classic old school kind of hockey guy. Is he going to be able to make the necessary adjustments to be able to take Calgary over the top? Or is he going to be, you know, sticking to his system and ultimately holding them back from beating and coming back against a team that they definitely are better than? Yeah, it is interesting. I think he, um, I mean, you have to give him credit. Like they were not a playoff team last year. Oh, of and, course. I'm not, I don't, I don't yeah. see any of this to undersell his accomplishments with them because they had a phenomenal regular season, you know, like clearly what he's doing is working, but you know, at certain points you, you gotta be able to adjust your, your methods, I guess, to what's going to end up shaking things up for the team and taking you over the top. And if what you're doing isn't working, you need to look at what's going wrong and how you could change that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, we just going to see how they bounce back. Calgary was the one seed in 2019. I don't think people remember this. They lost in five to Colorado as the one seed. You know why you don't remember that? Because the other one seed was Tampa Bay with 62 wins, and they lost in four to Columbus. Kind of took up uh, a lot of air in the room. That got a lot of attention, you might remember. So, yeah, Calgary, recent history, not great. I think, if I'm not mistaken – their uh, 2004 uh, Stanley Cup run was the only time they've been to the conference finals in like 30 years. Wow. Get out. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The one's the other one. When else would you have seen that? 30 years. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. All right. Well, let's move back over to the Eastern Conference now with two teams that I think you and I are both very meh about, just generally speaking, which is the Rangers and Penguins series. Pittsburgh leads this one 2-1 to one against the Rangers with game four at home in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has the opportunity to go 3-1 to one against the Rangers on their home ice. Taylor, do you think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to ultimately finish this off with all of the question marks that they currently have in goal? It seems like it, because suddenly uh, Shesterkin isn't playing that well on the other net. Yeah, it's they were already going to have to you know go into this without Tristan Jari. And now it's, I mean, I don't know. How much do you trust Casey to Smith? How much do you trust Louis Domingue? Domingue, right. whatever, how you say his name. Like, it's it's not a uh, ideal situation, but they are up 2-1, and they are scoring like crazy. And I don't think the Rangers are that good. So I think they're going to win this series. But, yeah, second round, who knows? And that's another thing. No, I mean, you don't even know who they're going to play. You don't really have an idea of it. Right. Like, I'm sure we'll get to this, but like Florida, Washington is more interesting than we thought it was going to be. 
Well, so, that's that, that, could be, that could be a good segue there into this one because that's the last. I wanted to save this one for last because of the massive implications this could have for the Sabres. Washington leads shockingly two to one with game four coming in Washington on Monday night at seven o'clock. Taylor, I don't think that anybody reasonably would have suggested that Washington was going to beat this, beat the Panthers in this series, or would at least have this kind of a lead at this stage of the game. Florida is one of the highest scoring teams that we have seen in the past 30 years in the NHL this season. They from top to bottom, I mean, they're the president's trophy winner from top to bottom. They are a complete team who is a bona fide Stanley cup contender and for them to be losing to Washington of all teams who has had so many question marks this entire season and even heading into the playoffs has a lot of quest- had a lot of question marks as well. It's nothing short of, of completely shocking that it's, it's at this point right now. And I'm really interested for where this series is going to be by the time we're recording on Wednesday night for our Thursday episode with this. But what, what do you think is going on here in this series? And do you think that Washington actually has what it takes with the the leadership they have in the room and the experience that they have in the room do you think that they have what it takes to take down florida and shock them and then after that we can get into the draft implications as well on that but first what what do you what's your take on this series yeah it almost seems like uh, washington is uh, doing a reversal of what happened to them multiple times and florida like only had a few games all year where they didn't score three goals like that was a, a real baseline for them like they could score three basically no matter what and it's already happened twice this series that they haven't. So I guess you have to chalk some of that up to like randomness, but maybe it's a little bit uh, of two other factors. One, Vanacek playing well. And then the other one, like, are they bottling it a little bit? Is squeezing the sticks a little too tight? Mm-hmm. There's no one really on the team that has that much playoff experience, right? I mean, the main guys, Barkoff and Huberto, have been there for years. They've never won a series. Reinhardt's never been to the playoffs. Drew. Ekblad. Drew, Drew and Bob. Drew. Yeah, well, Bob also has experience losing in the first round, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Drew, yeah. Drew did have – I mean, he was on a Stanley Cup runner-up team, so that's true. He Drew does have some experience, but, I mean, not all that recent. Uh, no, that's fair for sure. Philadelphia has not – was not uh, – making deep runs of late, I wouldn't say, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. Cause I think this is a huge game for them. If they come out in the first period and they don't score, it's going to be a lot of like looking around like, Oh, is this really happening? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and with that being said, of course, the draft implications that we're referring to are the Sabres having Florida's first round pick, which going into this series and really going into the season as a whole, everybody has been expecting this to be a late pick, a late twenties pick, you know, at worst, it would obviously be 32, but more more accurately, we'll say in the 26 to 32 range, you know, that latter half of the first round of, of the end of the first round, I should say. Now, I mean, we're looking at a realistic possibility, Taylor, of potentially having three first round picks within the top 24. But they would have potentially nine, 16 and 24. Yeah, like worst case scenario, yes, which, again, all right, well, then we, we could just call it three picks in the top 25. Yeah. That's really nice. solid. Really, really solid there. And especially when you consider that every year, it seems like there are always guys who maybe fall down the draft board a little bit more than they probably should have. 
into that kind of more appropriately around like the 16th pick, but even sometimes into the 20, into the uh, early mid twenties there. So there's a chance that the Sabres could be walking away with three very, very good legitimate NHL players from this upcoming draft. So we'll see what happens, but major, major, major implications for the Sabres. If Florida is bounced from the first round, however, it would be a huge bummer as the prospect of a Colorado Florida series, as we've been saying would be pretty unbelievable. It's always next year. Yeah, that's true too. Maybe, maybe that's what they need. Sam just needs a year to get his playoff sea legs under him. Exactly. All right. Now, before we get to anything else, let's hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. So, have you, uh, what's your favorite series? I guess I should ask. Hmm. I mean, that's a tough question. I think that the St. Louis and Minnesota one is definitely up there as my favorite so far. Um, I, I just think that they're two very evenly matched teams. I also think that probably by the time you ask me this question on Thursday, I'm going to want to say the Tampa and Toronto one, because I really want Tampa <laughs> to pull back in. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. But I would say at this stage of the game, yeah, the one that I've enjoyed watching the most, and I'll also say the one that I've watched the most games of, because I've watched three of the four games in the series is the St. Louis, Minnesota one. What about yourself? Um, I think I'd, I was looking with Edmonton, LA. I guess it's like I said, it's subject to change. St. Louis, Minnesota is good though. And I'm definitely going to watch game five. It's a, uh, it's interesting. It's two teams. I mean, that Minnesota probably had its best regular season ever. I would say this year. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it was only uh, the second best team in their own division. And St. Louis also had a fantastic regular season. Their best one in a little while. I mean, they might've had a good one two years ago. No, I don't remember, but they, whatever. They're, Two, uh, two really, really good teams. I think, honestly, there's a chance, like, there was only four good teams in the West this year. And unfortunately, like, two of them have to play in the first round because Edmonton and L.A. are playing the other series. But both great series, so not too many complaints. And uh, I think that's my favorite East series is, hmm, stay tuned on Tampa, Toronto. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Well. Actually, Taylor, you know what else is going on tonight? Uh, the season finale of Winning Time. It is the season finale of Winning Time tonight. Yeah, just kind of curious your thoughts on that up to, to this stage of the game. Yeah, I don't know if we're moving to the recommendation section, but if we are, I can say Winning Time. If you want to have a good time, watch it. If you want to watch a great show, don't watch it. And <laughs> if you want to watch an accurate show, 
literally forget I, it even exists. But if you <laughs> um, want to watch a fun show, yeah, we're all what? having a great time. Yeah, honestly. Uh, so I've, hmm, I guess there's some things I really like about it, like mostly the fun stuff. There's some stuff that I'm like, why are we spending so much time on this? Like Sally Field's great, but how how much time are they going to spend on Jerry Buss's mom? Yeah. I, she's given a great performance, she, but I agree completely. Yeah. I don't know. It's there's there's so much to cover, obviously, and they have to real life makes it hard for narratives, which is part of the reason they've changed some things, but it's also like they built this show around LA finally living up to be actually being a rival for Boston and not just a punching bag. Mm-hmm. And they've great casting for Red Hour back, by the way, Michael Chiklis. Uh basically is the devil in the show <laughs> and Larry Bird is shown to be like a really kind of nasty looking uh, unpleasant fella in the show and I, I don't know if I mean if you've watched it it's you know that this is the case and I don't think I'm really spoiling anything because it's real life that happened more than 40 years ago they don't play Boston in the finals they don't play Boston in the finals to 1984 so it's, it's kind of hard to like build like that's gonna be a whole different team like James Worthy is gonna be there I think McAdoo is there by that point. Like yeah. they already teased McAdoo too. They did, yeah. So that was a. Uh, I don't know. It's weird that this. I I understand it. Like deep down, like this is the whole story. But are they planning on doing like six seasons of this? I know there's a second season, but there definitely is a second one. I yes, they've been greenlit for a second season. So my thing with this too, I think that, and we we may have even been talking about this on the side, you and I. But I bet after this year, they're gonna do it in groups. Because it feels like it's inevitable that next year is going to be about Riley taking over for Westhead, but that doesn't happen until end of the fir- end of the season, right? In uh, eighty one, right? I thought it was the next year, even. It, okay, so eighty one, eighty two. I think so. Yeah. Right. So I think that they're going to have to jump into that. Be- oh yeah, because the Lakers end up losing in the, the next year. Obviously, they lose in the first um, round the next yeah, year. The first yeah. Round. Yeah. And so. I bet that there's going to be probably at least some kind of a time jump or like they'll get into the next season a little bit, but it'll be a few episodes before we end up reaching the point where Westhead gets fired. So they're going to have to skip some time. But the thing about this show is that it really is set up for them to do several seasons of it. The thing is though, is as you're talking about with accuracy, I think the thing that bothers me so much, cause like it's not even the stuff that's been in the, in the news, like about like Jerry West threatening to sue because for one, I just need to say that I think Jerry West's portrayal in this is one of the best characters in the show. And like, yeah, they started him off obviously as very rough around the edges and, and like just an angry, angry person, but he's since dramatically cooled down and has gotten way, way, way more like just fun, I guess, of a character. Um, but beyond that too, the thing that bugs me though, is that they're, fictionalizing things that they don't have to like very like minor details like scores of games and stuff like that that yeah. they just look up and be like I, I guess I just don't understand why you wouldn't it, like keep that as accurate as you could possibly be like if you're gonna dra- like you know over dramatize some of the characters fine like I have no problem with that that's okay but like for some of I guess the more like concrete factual objective things that you don't really need to change and changing them does not in any way affect the, the quality or the value of the show. In fact, it, it lessens it. Like, why wouldn't you just keep that the same? I don't understand the, it at all. Yeah. I think all the portrayals, like sure they're, they're over the top and everything, but like 
is anybody's portrayal really that far off? I mean, I guess I don't know what yes. Paul West. Jerry West. Was. Well, Jerry West, but like from like Paul West at stake, like is he like? I guess I'm curious if like Paul West had is like that much of like a if he cock, he literally can't be <laughs> yeah like he he obviously is, he coaches them and then he goes on and coaches at Loyal Marymont and he he coached until like 2015 he's a mm. coach forever like there's no way he acted like that I mean that's got to be super played up and then uh, also people say that a lot of the Jerry Buss stuff uh, is really played up one of the scouts right. says he never heard Jerry Buss yell. Ever. really yeah which is interesting and then i'm i mean he could not have been that down bad we'll say you know what i mean yeah that uh, aroused all the time yeah i would at least hope so <laughs> but yeah and then riley's riley's is i don't know if his character is off or whatever but the timeline is off there's only a year between when he quit playing and then when he became uh, an announcer and he was um, an announcer for three years again i just need to ask though did we resurrect adrian brody's career because i think we did his portrayal in it honestly of pat riley is pretty phenomenal yeah so we asked the question who would be a fan of adrian brody we would we would you're right we answered our own question you're yeah, absolutely he's been, right he's been great yeah it is it is weird that there was a time it doesn't even look like him if you look at the pictures like Pat Riley had like long hair and a mustache and it was kind of mm-hmm. unkempt and he was living in Los Angeles playing beach volleyball. And then obviously was an announcer. I guess the other guys that was Chick Hearn really that like problematic. Yeah. That's a very fair question. I wonder. Yeah. Cause I, I haven't heard anyone complain about that, but that's, that's uh, interesting. And then the stuff with Haywood is pretty accurate though, which is pretty crazy. It's, yeah, it's one of the more accurate things in the show. It's not 100% there, but it's like... The conversation yeah. with Kareem never happened, but all the other stuff did. And I'm pretty sure, actually, I read that Westhead was the one who ended up making the decision to kick him off. Yeah, and it was during the finals. Right. Yeah, so apparently uh, there was no team vote at all. That's another weird right. thing to make up. Also, Kareem hated him in real life. Right, yeah. that They so, like, portrayed them as having this like weird bond, but they really never did. Yeah. Um, it is an interesting thing because the two best players in the team, uh, Kareem and Magic, did not drink or do any of that stuff. And then you have this other guy who's addicted to crack, like on, yeah. on the team. That's it's interesting. But the, one of the most famous '80s Lakers things, in my opinion, it's not actually that famous. They did a song in 1987 called "Just Say No to Drugs," <laughs> and look at it up on YouTube. It's fantastic. But Spencer Haywood never could have been in that. No, nope. I mean, he would have been too old at by that point anyway, but yeah, it's fantastic. Honestly, I recommend it to anyone. That could be my recommendation this week. Look up that YouTube video. There you <laughs> go. People's outfits. Look at like how Kurt Rambis is dressed. <laughs> oh, it is a classic indeed. Well, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off for the day, Taylor? Uh, No, I guess that's our recommendation is winning time. You like Dr. Strange though. I did like Dr. Strange. Yeah. Big, uh, Big Sam Raimi energy in the movie. So maybe we maybe we give it a week for people to see it who weren't able to see it this week. And we could talk about it on like Thursday or something. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. 
Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to stream this show. Make sure you're going and checking out all of our fellow shows on both networks and make sure you're following them on social media. Make sure you're also following us straight up savers on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout for DraftKings. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday. Everybody. Thanks so much. Have a great start to your week. This has been straight up savers. Savers.